Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Slice a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby, go. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Monday, November 1st. We are already into November. It is crazy to think we're already almost, what, we're eight weeks into the season as well. We're about to be going into week nine. This season is flying by, and I feel like it all is, but it is Monday. Dennis and Matt are here with me. We are going to recap the entire NFL slate for week eight, obviously outside of the Monday Night Football game. And likely talk about some of the big news items that have come down the line this morning. Before we jump into that, though, Matt, Dennis, how are you guys doing on this beautiful Monday? Man, I had to fire up the heat in the studio tonight when I got home. Take the edge off. I could have. T- uh, the heater don't mix. Did I freeze again already? Yeah. Oh. Hey, it's a tradition like no other. It's like your master's. I can't. At some point, like, I don't know if it'll happen before the end of the season, but I'm going to hardwire this bitch. <laughs> it's been a uh, mixed bag here. You know, I don't think the kids enjoyed trick-or-treating yesterday. I'm pretty sure the high in Colorado Springs was 37 for the day. Um, so I only had five kids at night. Uh, it was a little – I guess that was just preparing me for the disappointment of today, seeing that uh, George Patton has thrown in the towel and – giving away our best player for peanuts. Well, yeah. I don't know. At this stage of his career, a, a second and third round pick aren't peanuts, I don't think. I mean, he's pushing 30. Is he, what, 30, 31, 29, somewhere up there? He's been an eight-time pro bowler, so he's been in the league a while. Probably. Been injured a couple times, so. I'm not looking. But, I, but is it is thrown in the towel. It is thrown in the towel. He is 32. Yeah, I was going to say, he's been there 10 years, I think. Yeah. Who's yeah, all right. Penny, so, Melvin? Should fucking trade Fangio. <laughs> I don't know if Fangio is going to be there much longer, but we did talk about that, obviously. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I trick-or-treating was fun. Not so bad there. I guess we're supposed to be getting our cold front here on Wednesday. So, you know, get back with me again on Wednesday about how much I'm enjoying that. I do enjoy the cold weather, but this this cold that I have right now is really kicking my ass. Uh, we also are very proud to be part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at PigskinPodNet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN as we have up in the top corner. Uh, we all tag our podcast with that ton of great other podcasts on it, not just ours. So definitely go ahead and check them out. But before we do that, Dennis, 
How can someone get help from a Hall of Famer if they don't want to trust us with weekly rankings and everything else? Well, they can just follow me on Twitter. I answer pretty much all the questions that anybody asks me, so I'm more than happy to help. No, just kidding. Uh, get the tools to help Bob Harris reach the fantasy foot, the fantasy football Hall of Fame, footballdiehards.com flash update pro. A full suite of tools to make you a better fantasy manager. Rankings, configurable cheat sheets, mock drafts, consistency tools, target distribution, snap counts, so much more. Get all you need to win your league. We're, we're in, you know, as they say out there in the hill country and ranch country, it's nut cutting time. You're either making, making a move to get to the title or you're cashing in your chips. Uh, use code roundtable for an additional 15% off the already low price of $24. That's the footballdiehards.com flash update pro use code code round All right, so let's jump in and talk about some of these games. You've got we're going to start off with the Panthers versus the Falcons. The Panthers win this one 19 to 13. Matt, was this enough of a bounce back for Sam Darnold? If he misses time, do you like PJ Walker for fantasy? Well, I'm going to answer the second question first. You know, we've seen PJ Walker come in uh, in parts of the last two games, and it has not been particularly impressive. So I probably wouldn't lean toward playing um, PJ Walker if he misses. Darnold got banged up at the end of the game. So he played uh, quite a bit of it, Walker only recording the, the one pass attempt. Darnold was not incredible. He did better rushing. You know, we haven't seen that in a couple of weeks, eight for 66, but the 13 for 24 for 129 didn't even get a passing touchdown. The Panthers offense wasn't that robust. I don't think any of us think the Falcons are defensive giants. I would still be on the concern side uh, with Sam Darnold. I'm extremely concerned as somebody who uh, I guess started to buy into him as the uh, – year went on as the year began and he had a couple good games it looked mm -hmm. like things were getting turned around uh, it is uh, i i no, i don't think pj walker is the answer uh he has historically has not been an accurate passer he's mobile but i don't think he's you know he's not a ton more mobile than darnold as we've seen darnold has added the rushing to his game so i think darnold is gonna settle in in that you know, 14 to 24 kind of range right now. And hopefully things start clicking again, uh, whether it, you know, if C CMC comes back, I think that's really what's missing. Chuba Hubbard is serviceable, but I think that's being charitable. Yeah. And I mean, CMC, they reported today is likely not coming back by week nine or 10. So uh, we're still probably looking at at least a couple more weeks without CMC. What does that mean for Darnold? I'm with you guys. Walker doesn't really move the needle for me. And in all honesty, neither does Darnold. I know they're kind of still talking at least publicly that they still are backing him, but I wonder if maybe since it does look like Matt, we talked a lot about Deshaun Watson getting moved by Tuesday. It looks like that's not going to happen. I wonder if maybe Carolina makes a harder push for him in the offseason to try and get him in because I just I don't think Darnold just does not look at all like the guy we saw the first three weeks. So maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe that was a 
because of the teams he was playing and not necessarily the Darnold that he was going to be all season. But I'm pretty sure he was like a top five quarterback those first couple weeks. And some of that I'm sure was yeah. buoyed because of all the rushing touchdowns he had. But uh, he's just he's not playing like the same player. He, he looks a lot like the guy that we've seen his entire career, unfortunately. Calvin Ridley ends up missing this game. He puts out a statement that he is going to be taking some time away uh, to take care of his mental health, which is obviously a very big deal. I will say that um, obviously and I imagine both of you agree with this statement that, that that's the most important thing. He needs to take all the time that he needs. We are just talking about football here. We talk about fantasy football. It does not matter uh, at the end of the day when it comes to someone's mental health. I'm, I'm glad that he is getting the help that he needs and wants. Um, and I'm glad that it's being taken as well because I can – I mean, both of you have been playing fantasy football for a long time, watch the NFL. I feel like even five years ago there would a lot be a lot of people who would not be handling this the way that they are now. They'd, they'd be talking about him needing to man up and all that stuff. And I'm glad that everybody is taking this and, and giving him the respect that he deserves. So we don't know how long he's going to be out, and, and realistically at that part it doesn't matter. He should take all the time that he needs – but Dennis, with him being out, what does this mean for the Falcons and their offense? Well, it means a lot of Kyle Pitts and a lot of Cordero Patterson. Um, I think we saw yesterday, you know, that Tajay Sharp, uh, Olamide Zacchaeus, their their wide receiver uh, rotation does not look fantastic. Basically, I don't think we'll see Kyle Pitts line up in line for the rest of the season, uh, I think he's he's become Julio Jones. He's taken over that outside role. That's what he's going to do. You're going to have a couple other guys, Gage and Sharp and, and uh, Zacchaeus, filling in. Uh, maybe they'll pop off for five or six catches in a game here or there. You know, I agree with you. I think for me, I look at it and think that this is it. It couldn't have happened to somebody on a better team, I don't think, because you've got Hayden Hurst and all that he does. He comes on, there's the the mental health telethon that, uh, oh, the FF Faceoff does in support of the Hayden Hurst Foundation. Hurst comes on. So he's got somebody in the locker room that, that has had to handle severe mental health issues and overcome them. So I think with Dak coming out, talking about the depression that he's had lately uh, or in, in the past, um, Hayden Hurst coming out, Lane Johnson just a few weeks ago taking a couple games off because he needed to take some time away because of anxiety. I, you know, we're in a, a very difficult situation in the world right now. We're coming out of a pandemic. There's still a, a lot of division. People are stressed, the jobs, money. It's, there's a lot of craziness going on in the world today. And I think it's, you know, the mental health challenges need to be addressed, address them. So I, I applaud Calvin Ridley. I hope he gets everything he needs. And when he comes back, he's ready. And if he decides to not come back, that's okay too. Yeah, I mean, for Calvin Ridley, he's doing what he needs to do from the uh, fantasy side for the Atlanta offense. I actually think this is not great for Kyle Pitts because he becomes the only real great option out there. I don't think any of those other rotational receivers at this point are enough of a draw, nor is Hayden Hurst, and we may have seen that a little bit 
yesterday they tried to target Pitts six times, but he was only able to get two balls for 13 yards. I also was fascinated that just about the time I personally am ready to write Mike Davis off for dead, he gets more targets than Cordero Patterson, catches more balls, and gets the same amount of carries and runs for more. So I'm wondering if they're going to lean into into the two-back structure a little bit more. Well, he's fresh. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, he yeah. continued a proud tradition of me saying that he was a sit for the week because he had no value and then going and just like thumbing his nose in my face. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because you're right. They, they really don't have – I mean, was it Tajay Sharp went out there and had a good day? We'll talk about him, obviously, with the waivers to see if either of you are interested in him. But, yeah, I agree with the Kyle Pitts thing. The thing that worries me is now – you could literally have the top cornerbacks matching up against him, and I don't know that he wins those battles all the time. I mean, he's a he's a physical freak, but he's not necessarily have the speed to beat some of those guys, I don't think. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens and, and how this might affect Kyle, uh, Kyle Pitts as well. The uh, Bills beat the Dolphins here 26-11. Dennis is a lukewarm endorsement of Tua this week. Again, do the Dolphins, do you think they complete that trade for Watson before Tuesday? Nope, I don't think anybody's trading for Watson before Tuesday. Um, I think a, a lukewarm endorsement is really the best that can be expected. Tua's flashing some good stuff, but he's also making some boneheaded plays. Uh, the defense is playing awful, and so it's not like that he's been gifted great field position or anything like that, or he's been gifted a, a big lead because of the defense. So... Overall, I, you know, I, I think it's a situation where he's not a guy that's going to carry your team. And if we keep putting that you have to carry the team pressure on him, we'll continually be disappointed. We need to look at Tua as a game manager plus. He's got a little more mobility. He's got a little more accuracy. Um, maybe doesn't quite have the arm strength. But he can make some plays, and he, with his accuracy, he's willing to take some of the chances. Uh, he's going to have some really good games and perform well, but he's also going to have some stinkers. Yeah, but I think Miami, you know, honestly, they better hope at this point in time they get Deshaun Watson or something because they've pretty much – they spent several years what appeared to be a tanking process allegedly to get to it. That seemed to be the popular opinion. Then they got him. They did him no favors last year. I think it was potentially confidence damaging to sub him out for Ryan Fitzpatrick in critical situations. And the way they've played everything this year, you know, young quarterbacks, part of it is the mental game. And I think that they've, they've played this all wrong. Uh, I, I don't think he can succeed there now. The best thing for him would maybe to be able to go someplace else where they might want him. Yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how this ends up um, finishing out again. There's a team I, I'm pretty sure we all at least picked to have a winning record. I don't know that all of us picked them to be in the playoffs, and they're not going to get that, it looks like. And it's not even just how bad the offenses look. It's how bad this defense has looked. The defense that looked really good last year, Brian Flores heads up that side of the unit as well, right? Like he's very involved on the defensive side of things. So it's just a weird, weird – the whole Miami situation is a mess, and I don't want any part of it. 
Um, you know, I don't think it's all Tua. I think a lot of it's play calling as well. They let go of, I think it was Chan Gailey, if I'm remembering correctly, last year in the offseason. Yeah, it was like Gailey. a weird it was a weird letting go thing too, where the offense didn't look that bad, but it felt like they were blaming him for some of the issues. He didn't seem to want to go. The offensive play calling has been, in my opinion, even worse this year. So the whole Dolphin situation is messed up. And I believe Ray uh, Ray Garvin tweeted this on Sunday, and I kind of agree with him. You know, Watson has that no trade clause, and so the rumors were that he waived it from Miami. I don't even know why you'd want to go to Miami at this point because I don't know that he's changing much for the Miami team with him going there and being their quarterback. Even though he is a step up over Tua, I don't think he's he's doing but much. Gave him maybe one more win. Like he, yeah. I don't think he changes much for that roster. Robert Kraft highly recommended the uh, massage parlors in Miami. Did he? Well, that makes uh, that makes a uh, makes a little bit of sense there. I also, oh, if I'm Deshaun Watson, he partially wants to get out of Houston because they seem to be a pretty poorly run organization. This entire last couple of years, especially the way this has played out, would give me some pause about how Miami is being run. I don't think Brian Flores has come off very well in his interviews and the way that they spent a long time trying to get a franchise quarterback drafted one and then have seemed to be submarining him would give me pause. Yeah. Flores looked like he was going to be somebody off the Belichick tree to be successful. The first couple years he's drifting off to the Matt Patricia side. Yeah, which which is really just not where you want to be. His, yeah, so how successful he looked earlier. Uh, Matt, the Bills bounce back with the win, and is Cole Beasley becoming a play consideration once again? Yeah, you know, last year he was pretty rock solid, uh, definitely a flex option. Sometimes, you know, not a bad wide receiver two choice. And we've seen a slower start. There were some questions in the offseason, a lot of – uh, public stance is taken about vaccination, you know, was that going to cause him any problems? But it seems like slowly he started working himself back the last couple of weeks. And then yesterday, you know, when they were struggling to get their offense moving, they went right back to Beasley, ends up with 13 targets, catches 10 for 110. I think he's back to being what we had seen a little bit last year. Yeah, I think some of what has knocked Beasley down a little bit has been Zach Moss being a little bit more effective. Um, and the offense not performing across the board at the high level consistently that I think we expected. But I think from a PPR perspective, Beasley is definitely a flex consideration weekly. Yeah, and especially with the way he's been playing here of late. I think it helps that Emmanuel Sanders has kind of slowed down a little bit as well because Sanders was having some pretty big games earlier in the season, which may have affected Beasley some, but uh, looks like he he's come back in. And I, I will be honest, I'm curious if that changes at all once Dawson Knox comes back because Knox really seemed to be the guy down in the red zone and was getting a lot of work early on. I believe McDermott came out today and actually said he's day-to-day, so – when Knox come back, comes back, does that affect Beasley at all? But as long as Knox is out, I think you're for sure uh, throwing Beasley in your flex play. Uh, a game that I found very interesting uh, this weekend or yesterday was the 49ers beating the Bears 33-22. to Big bounce-back game for Jimmy G here, Matt. Is he the starter all for the rest of the year for San Francisco? 
I think he's the starter as long as San Francisco thinks they're still in the playoff race, which I think they, you know, they still want to contend. They still want to get in there at this point in time. He's probably a better option if you're really trying to win than where Trey Lance is at right now. Yeah, I I saw, gosh, who was it at? Just as I was leaving work, I glanced at Twitter and somebody was talking about rookie quarterbacks. And he said, you know, if the rookie quarterback is the best quarterback on your team, you start the rookie quarterback, i.e. Zach Wilson. It was in response to people going all gaga over Mike White. Um, he goes, but in San Francisco's case, Lance is not a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. It, is he more mobile? Does he have a stronger arm? Yeah. Is he a better quarterback? No. Is Zach Wilson, now that's open for debate, but I think he's got better tools. I it's I think it's Jimmy's job to keep if he's if he stays healthy. I think they I think at most they put a package in for Lance when he gets healthy and, and roll that way. Yeah, I'm curious if they'll even use well, I would assume they're gonna use him on some of those packages. And we saw Jimmy G running as much as he was yesterday. I would assume that's where Trey Lance will come in and play, but but who knows? We I'm with you. I mean, we kind of talked about this. You two were both on this at the beginning of the year, saying you thought Jimmy G would pretty much start the entire year. I thought we would see more Trey Lance, uh, and that doesn't look like it's going to happen. I mean, he didn't look great uh, in his games either. As a o- overall quarterback, he played decent in one of those games, but as an overall quarterback, he was missing some throws, looked a little bit raw, which we all kind of talked about in the draft season. So, yeah, I, I expect as long as Jimmy G is healthy, he's going to be the starter. Dennis Fields – with a, I feel like, a good day here. Uh, not quite the passing yards, but we got to see him using his legs. What do you think this means for the Bears' offense and for fantasy moving forward? You know, it's going to depend on what Nagy does when he gets back. If he puts his thumb on the scale again um, and takes away the play-action pass or limits the play-action passing, you know, decides to get cute and say, okay, everybody knows Fields is going to do rollouts and whatnot, so I'm going to not do that. If he does something stupid like that, you know, who knows? I I think that Fields right now, with the he's better than Foles. So I think that whole thing where you start the good quarterback, I think he's better than Dalton at this point. But I, I think, too, that you tailor the offense to what he does, and they need to keep him mobile let him make some decisions to get out there, use his natural ability, uh, run play action. You know, unfortunately, it's still not clicking with Allen Robinson, uh, only 175 yards passing overall. I, I think we're seeing flashes and we're seeing signs of what could be. It just is going to be a week-to-week progression for him. Yeah, and I think he's going to grow into the job, which is is good. I think still Fields for me is probably a low mid to low end QB two or QB three. Um, you know, it's going to vary week to week depending on whether he gets those rushing opportunities. You're probably still starting the running back that's opposite him. Herbert's done a good job while he's in there. Williams got hurt again yesterday, so probably even better for Herbert. We'd have to see when when. Montgomery comes back with that mixes. But in terms of receivers, I don't know how you feel incredibly comfortable. Allen Robinson, I love the guy's talent, but he's 
not startable right now. Darnell Mooney may be more close to a flex, uh, you know, option, but we had thought maybe Cole Komet would step up. That's not really happening. They're not getting a lot of traction with passing to backs. So that's where, you know, you have an offense to me for fantasy purposes that's kind of limited to whether you have to start fields and super flex and you start a running back. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I think the only startable players on the Bears are Fields and Herbert. Uh, and I think Fields could end up becoming, and, and I don't mean this because he's got a lot more talent, but I think if Fields is able to do what he did this past weekend against a good 49ers defense, it's not like he was playing, no offense to the, the Detroit Lions, he's playing a good San Francisco, uh, San Francisco 49ers defense, that I think he could be Jalen Hurts for fantasy, like a guy who is not putting up a ton of passing yards, but because of what he can do with his legs, he can finish as a top 12 quarterback every single week. And we'll get into Jalen Hurts because that might be coming to an end uh, with him. So maybe Justin Fields is that new guy, but I'm with you. I don't I don't think you can start any of those guys. I mean, I, I honestly put uh, Allen Robinson on my bench in the in the three leagues I roster him uh, this past week because you just you can't. You can't put him in there until you see it. And then it's going to suck because some week, hopefully, he goes off and you're going to hate having him on your bench. And you're going to have to hope that he does it again and probably put him back in. Uh, but at this point, I'm with you. He's unfortunately got to go to the bench. The Steelers win a game. In my opinion, they should not have won 15 to 10 over the Browns. Matt, do we believe in Pat Fryer moves for fantasy in 2021? I mean, it made an amazing catch in the back of the end zone uh, for a huge play for the Steelers in this one. Yeah, I think he's one of the guys that maybe has benefited from two things, Ben's arm regression and Juju being out. He's already up to tight end 20 on the year. Uh, we still have the two teams to play tonight, but Kelsey's already above him, and I doubt Evan Ingram has a pulse. So he's probably going to be tight end 20 or thereabouts when the weekend ends. He's been making slow and steady progression. He had already jumped Eric Ebron. I like the way they're using him, I think, in a position like tight end that's a little bit of a charitable gamble. Once you're past the top handful of guys, he you know, he isn't a bad. I'm almost at a place where he may not be a worse line of choice than a Noah fan. Yeah, it, it comes down to can he get the target consistency? Because if he can get six targets a game, I think he can convert four of them. Now, does that mean big yardage? Probably not. But if he's giving you a four for 50 or, you know, three for 50 and, and a touchdown every other game, uh, I think you'll take that. Uh, yeah. It, was it a great catch? I don't know. He bobbled the ball. It hit him in the hands. He double caught it. You know, he but got, still his, got feet his feet in. He it got was his a good feet day. down. But, you know, it wasn't like he – it wasn't like he – caught it and just secured it well good defense it was a good defensive play it was that, a good yeah offense. that's my point like it, Harrison could have not done anything better and that's why I say it was a great right. catch because Harrison had his arm in there that's what dislodged the ball when he first caught it but then he double caught it and scored I mean let's just be honest uh, wide receivers you see that do all that stuff. Yeah, I don't think you really see tight ends do that that's why I say right. in my opinion it was a great catch like first time I saw it I was like there's no way and then they showed the replay and I was like that's a touchdown as much as I hoped it wasn't. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, you know, again, even if, as Dennis, you just said, even if he's only getting you three for 50, that's serviceable for a tight end these days, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. so, I, I think from a dynasty perspective, he's probably going to be top 12, top 15 at the worst going into next year. 
Yeah, I mean, especially with the way I want to see what happens at quarterback, but I mean, historically with Big Ben there, they've they've when they've had a good tight end that he uses, they've been pretty good. So will Big Ben come back next year? I don't know, and who's going to be the quarterback moving forward will be interesting. Matt, um, here on the Brown side, I'm sorry, Dennis here on the Brown side, uh, the passing game, uh, you know, honestly, I think looks a lot better if you don't have all the drops, but the drops were there. What, what kind of your takeaways from here? And are, are you worried about it? So how many times does the quarterback have to clutch the ball before he throws it and the late passes, the quarterback's fault, and it's not the receiver's fault for dropping because Baker's I literally I mean, he was just constantly pumping and just, it was crazy. It's like, throw the ball, just throw the ball. Quit, quit all this tapping it. Quit all just, I mean, now OBJ alligator arms staring down the safety. I get it. But if Baker throws the ball when he's open, instead of pumping it twice, then OBJ has the ball before with nobody within seven yards of it. He still probably gets hit pretty hard, but he, but he's got time to make the catch. So some of those things were on Baker for, for double pumping the ball a lot, but they've got to, they do have to convert those. You know, I tell my son all the time, said, look, man, the wide receiver's job is to make the quarterback look good. And the Browns court, the Browns receivers are not doing that. This is a tough one. You know, I think there was a few of us, we, we had hoped that we'd see Baker take a step forward this year and just really isn't happening. He's a low-end QB too, so in Superflex, maybe you're still rolling him out there. You're not feeling good about it. Jarvis Landry, to me, is probably a, a low-end flex option right now, but he's the best of the lot. They have so many guys that they're getting involved, and everybody's getting a nibble but nobody's getting a bite. And the way OBJ is being used right now, he's making Allison Robinson's 2021 season look Hall of Fame-esque. So most of them are on the bench, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not really worried about Landry as much because if you add, again, I know that he dropped the passes, but let's be honest, Landry typically doesn't do that. You add up the passes that he dropped and take away the fumble, he gives you about another eight, nine more points onto his day without a touchdown, which I think is big. I mean, that still puts him – I don't remember how many. I think he had eight points when I last looked. So, he gets you right yeah, around – nine for 65. So, he would have gotten right around 15, 16, 17 points Five without for 65. the drops. Sorry, I can't do that. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, he, he would have had a decent day without a touchdown. It's just – he dropped two long passes. He also had the fumble. You know, I agree with what Dennis said. Not all of that is on the wide receivers. I was kind of defending them a little bit because a lot of people were talking about they cost uh, the Browns the game and this and that, and maybe it was on them. I, I don't think you can always boil things down to one play. Uh, but if we're all being honest with ourselves, Baker cost them the, the chance to beat the Chiefs back in week one when he threw that interception. Like, it has not been a one-person thing this entire year. The Browns have had a very weird season. They have not lived up to their potential. I talked a lot about that this offseason. That's the one thing that worried me was we've never seen success like we did last year. Would that matter? There's still a lot of time left in the season, so I'm not worried about it. Um, you know, Odell, we we saw Kevin Stefanski come out today and say he is going to work harder to get him the ball. He's kind of said that before, so I'm not going to believe that till I see it. Landry, I think, is still good to go. He, he Outside of Chubb, he's really the only guy I feel comfortable putting in my lineups. I'm with you. 
you know, I was right there on that train. I think me, Matt, you and me both had Baker like 12 and 13. That's yeah. clearly not going to happen this year. I mean, he's going to have to have massive, a massive second half of the season for that to happen. So he, he's definitely not playing well. How much of that is a shoulder injury? I would say probably 30, 40% at this point because it, it ain't all of the shoulder injury. He wasn't playing that great before that either. So, but, but Landry and Chubb, I'm still feeling pretty good about for the Browns. The Eagles beat up on the Lions in this one, 44-2-6. Boston Scott. Never picked the Lions. I did not pick the Eagles. But Boston Scott is finally the one who gets the Eagles run game going. Who would have thunk it, Matt? Yeah. I mean, we – Did Doug Peterson leave? Did he just – is he just wearing Nick Sirianni's skin? Is that what happened? I think he's just calling the the play calls into Nick Sirianni. I, I don't think he actually left the, the coaching staff. Well, I mean, you're right though. The week one week when they finally commit to the run, it's oh, if that Miles Sanders bum is out, we'll just give it to Boston Scott, the second coming of Emmett Smith or whatever. Yeah, Boston Scott has con- continuously, but until you believe in him, you know, I I didn't think he'd be great this week, and of course he rolled out there and scored two. But Jordan Howard uh, resurrected himself from the dead and scored two touchdowns. So I'm not going to put as much into their performance as I am into the fact that Detroit, a team we've seen fight really hard and come up short time and again this season, seemed to just fall off a shelf yesterday. Yeah, I think it was disappointing to see what happened with the Lions in this game. They uh, uh, they just didn't have it. I don't know if you know, seven weeks of kneecap biting has worn them out or, or, or what happened. You know, you know, I think most of us don't have a ton of high expectations for Goff or writ large, that wide receiver core, but the defense even just, I mean, and for defense that's made their hay this year being scrappy, there was no scrap there. It was, it was, you know, on to week nine, I guess, on to week nine. Yeah, I mean, it was it was weird to see Boston Scott and Jordan Howard running as much. I believe the wide receivers all together, like wide receivers, not counting Dallas Goddard, only had like four receptions. Jalen Hurts only threw for 100 yards, and that's what I was kind of talking about earlier. You know, granted, it was because of a blowout they pulled him out and put Gardner Minshew in, but they just don't really seem to let Hurts throw the ball much. And I'm very curious as to, Matt, I mean, you, you were talking about this all in this early in the season, and I kind of was against it because of how well Hurts played in those first couple games. I, I wonder if we're if we're almost on a point where he's not going to be the starter all season. And I think if you have him rostered as one of your quarterbacks, that might be something you need to look out for. But, I mean, the Lions, Matt, they struggled big here. I will say I love Jamar Jefferson getting a touchdown. He looked great with Jamal Williams out. It's my guy right there. But uh, DeAndre Swift, weird game. You know, this was one of those games we thought they could they could steal a win because they've been playing tough every single week. Uh, just have gotten they've really gotten unlucky in a couple of losses here. Do you think that they go zero and seventeen? I think ultimately they'll win at least one game um, because they, you know, they may be the only winless team, but I wouldn't say that they look like they haven't been trying until, I mean, they probably were trying yesterday, but it sure didn't look like it against Philly. But I'm actually leaning more toward the fact that they aren't going to roll two, two seasons with Goff. 
Yeah, I, I think that uh, Goff will be gone. I, I get the excitement about Jamar Jefferson, but his long run was eight yards, and he finished the game with six yards rushing. So That's all right. No, he had more yards than that, didn't he? I'm looking I thought right he had like 20 no, he had, he had two carries for six yards. Three carries uh, for six yards. It was, was it his receiving oh. that he did good in? Uh, four for 23 receiving. Oh, yeah, that's what it was then. But wait a minute. All I know I, is I, that. I thought, I thought leading up to rookie draft season, so many people said he couldn't catch the ball. That's what a lot of people said except for this guy. Well, I was just bringing it up because I was told by, you know, someone who will remain nameless, Felix Sharp, that, you know, Ramondre Stevenson was so much better than him, and yet – Ramondre Stevenson doesn't even have 29 yards in a single game. I think his highest is 23, and Jamar Jefferson did it in one game. So, Mike dropped there, Felix. Uh, no, I think total yards altogether, has he? Ramondre had a 100-yard game, I'm pretty sure. In preseason? I don't think he's done it in the, re- in the regular season. I know he's had, like, I thought when I looked at it the other day, he had, like, 23 yards rushing, 23 yards rushing. Uh, maybe he had a catch that went down. I didn't look at his receiving stats, but – yeah, I don't think that they will go 0-17, but their schedule's not really easy either. I mean, their probably best chances for wins are the Browns, Broncos, and Falcons because the rest of that schedule is not easy. I mean, they get Vikings probably could be a win too, but that Bears defense, I don't know that they'd be able to put up enough points on that. Then you get the Packers, Cardinals, Seahawks, the Steelers. Does it even so- matter? Does it even matter? Let's go. Yeah, we don't Titan, want to see him go and say Titans Colts. You're, you're right. He has 73 yards uh, rushing, but he has five receptions for 53. Yeah, I'm about to say the biggest one, his best game was 23 yards rushing. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, suck it, Felix. Anyways, the Titans beat the Colts 34-2-31. Uh, we'll save the Titans side for the, for the second one here because they've got the injury. Dennis Pittman with another big day. Is he a lock to be a top 24 wide receiver? I don't know if he's a lock because we've seen Carson Wentz fall apart uh, before. Uh, but I think with T.Y. Hilton having his health issues again and Pascal the Rascal there, um, you know, it's a it's definitely a, a situation where he is now the number one. And, and it is clear. It's Taylor and Pittman, and, and uh, now we just have to hope that Wentz can keep it together if the offensive line can get back healthy, stay healthy. Um, but man, I love what Pittman's doing. I wish I wish Brian Edwards had you know drank from the same drinking fountain so he could have caught what Pittman has. He needed to go to a, a wonderful offensive coach like Frank Reich. Um, I think barring injury, Pittman is locked to finish top twenty-four. He's wide receiver eleven through eight weeks. The last three weeks, he's a wide receiver five. Uh, for fantasy, he's really coming on. Paris Campbell can't stay on the field. T.Y. Hilton can't stay on the field. In fact, there's concern after the way he fell yesterday that he may have jacked up his neck again, and we knew he was close to retirement because of that spinal potential injury. Pittman looks like the guy we thought he was going to be when they drafted him. I get that their passing volume isn't that great, but I, I think that they can sustain one guy up there, and he seems to be that one guy. 
Yeah, I mean, he made that beautiful catch on that. I think it was like a third down, just like prayer throw that went through into the middle of the field, and he went up and got it. I, I'm with you. He's He's been phenomenal. You know, we, we kept talking about this last year. He had the compartment leg syndrome. Phillip Rivers never really seemed to be willing to throw it deep. Carson Wentz throws enough YOLO balls, and I think with especially the way that Pittman is not afraid to go up and get them, uh, that I think he he can sustain this this continuing forward because I don't trust any of those other guys around him. I really don't. And Frank Reich, for whatever reason, just refuses to run Jonathan Taylor more than 14 times a game, so they're going to be passing the ball. So it's got to go to someone, and I think it's going to be Pittman. Uh, Matt, the Titans win, uh, and let's start with the easy side first. Uh, can A.J. Brett, A.J. Brett has another big game here. Can he finish as a wide receiver one? I think he's a lock to finish his wide receiver one now that Henry's gone because he was trending toward getting back there. Julio hasn't been much of a factor. Their offense, you know, A.J. Brown might be the offensive team picture for a while. As long as he can stay on the field, he's he's doing it. You muted. <laughs> Henry, Henry goes out with an injury, as Matt just mentioned. I believe he is likely going to miss the season and at best be back by January. So that pretty much does it for him in fantasy for us. They did sign AP. They're saying that he will go to the practice squad and then be elevated to the uh, to the actual yeah. squad. He'll be elevated maybe. Wednesday when they realize yeah, the chairman Nicholas the only one. Do we do we have any faith in him and McNichols? Like I, I, I mean, we can save more of this for the waiver wire segment, obviously. But I mean, this this is a huge blow to that offense. Look, there's there's probably a reason, and it's not just money because we know that AP likes to spend money, so he likes to get paid. But there's probably a reason that Devonta Freeman, Lev Bell, Matt Freedom, Malcolm Brown, Latavius Murray. Oh God, I, I listed a bunch of them earlier in the tweet. All all have jobs before Adrian Peterson. I think anybody who's spending I mean, you're talking this is a dollar fab guy. You don't want to go out and spend a bunch of money. He's not gonna come in and save your fantasy team. He's gonna come in, he's gonna get about ten or twelve carries, he's gonna average about two point nine yards a carry. Uh and the dude's what thirty six years old now. I, I get it; it's a great story, but I I just don't I don't see it there, man. Yeah, but the only thing that gives me pause is we thought he was washed, and then when he was in Washington, he ended up putting up some relevant numbers, and we thought he was washed, and then last year he was able to keep DeAndre Swift off the field for a while. No, you know, Matt sure. Patricia kept DeAndre Swift off the field. Have you met Mike Vrabel? And there's nobody to keep off the field where you're keeping Jeremy McNichol off the field. I think the real problem for the Titans is Derrick Henry's not a good running back. He's a physical freak of a player that is unlike anyone else. He's a game changer in a radically different way that I don't even know if AP totally was in his prime. He's definitely well past his prime. They're going to need better passing game. They're going to need that defense to get its S together. Fortunately, they're six and two, but I, I mean, would you, any of us be surprised if they end up being like the, the 10 and seven, 11 and six playoff team at this point in time? No, I, I think nope. that's probably where they're going. Um, I will did say you, the kid. Did you guys see the meme? Somebody put a meme that I thought was perfect from the office 
where they were like Mike Vrabel informing his team about Derrick Henry. And it's where Michael stands up there and he's like, guys, I've got some news. And that cuts to him as up. All I can do is put on a brave face. And then goes out. It's over. We are screwed. Yeah. Uh, not a guy that I would add right now, and, and we can talk more about it later, but the kid out of Iowa, uh, Sargent, I think might be an interesting add as well here for them. Uh, apparently, they liked him a lot during the preseason, uh, made a couple of big plays. I believe Mike Vrabel talked about him doing good on kickoff coverages as well, which could be interesting to have. I think he was like 5'9", 200 plus. I don't remember his exact. 5'8", uh, 203. Yeah, gotcha. Jeff so, Mams was talking him up this afternoon, okay. um, being as being the guy that's going to take over the Derrick Henry role. I'm not sure five eight two oh three, you're going to take over no. the Derrick Henry role. But he also ran a four seven four forty. Now, yeah. I get it. The Ernest Johnson had a four eight forty, but doesn't look that slow. So, ho- no. hopefully, for Sergeant's sake. When he gets the opportunity, he doesn't play four seven four. No, I think he would be used more as as a bruising back. I know he's not big as in five if the five eight size, but being over two hundred, that's perfectly fine for a a NFL running back. If Adrian Peterson isn't quite like at this point, Adrian, if they bring in an Adrian Peterson, he's going to start over Sergeant, and we I haven't seen anything about him them elevating him either. So he's not a guy that I would pick up right away. Uh, because I think they might try and roll with Adrian Peterson and Jeremy McNichols, uh, but I don't know. I, I think McNichols is probably going to be the one who's who's more relevant. We can talk more about that I uh, in the way. I would surprised if they make a trade still. Yeah. The Jets surprisingly beat the Bengals here 34-31. Matt, the Bengals stumble. Uh, is there any cause for concern here? It's got to be a bummer for an emerging team who's trying to kind of establish themselves and make that playoff run to drop an eminently winnable game when you have a division like they do. Um, But hopefully they can – I know you're not hoping they get back on track in week nine, but for Bengals fans, you just got to hope that it's – you know, that it ends up being like Green Bay's weird loss to the Saints and they can throw it off. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the NFL. Um, It wouldn't surprise me – you know, Cincinnati's a young team, so I'm not going to be surprised if there were some players on that team looking ahead. Um, they're a good team. They 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 should have beat the Jets. Don't get me wrong. For whatever reason, they didn't. They decided that uh, they were going to give that one away. But you know, they're the the Bengals. They have a good team. They've got some firepower. They're going to be okay. Yeah, I think it was just one of those games. I mean, the Jets finally got the play out of their future um, franchise quarterback in Mike White that I think that they that really kind of like spurred the team a little bit. They got that offense moving. Michael Carter played out of his mind. I think we, we see that in the NFL, right? That's why they say these games aren't played on paper. Every once in a while you get beat by a team you're not supposed to get beat by. I, I think the Bengals are going to be just fine. It, it was a – you know, the offense played well. It was more the defense that did not play well. And up until this point, the Bengals defense has been pretty good all season long. <clears throat> Dennis, what are your thoughts here on Mr. White at quarterback? Uh, they've already announced that he's going to be the starter at least again this week. Do you think that they just keep rolling with him after they made the trade for Flacco? Uh, yeah, I I feel I, – I believe that if White plays well, then – 
there's no reason to really put Joe Flacco up on the, the squad. Um, you keep him around as your emergency third quarterback if somebody gets injured and you have to have him. But White looked good. You know, he played without he, – he didn't have – he didn't have draft capital pressure on him, and he played like it. He played like he had nothing to lose because he didn't. Yeah, I think they made the trade for Flacco originally because they didn't know what they had in White or whether they wanted to use Josh Johnson. Seeing how White played, they're also on a short week this week playing Thursday night. You definitely go with him, and unless he has a huge stumble, I don't think they go back to Flacco. And if he keeps playing like this, I don't think they rush Zach Wilson back either. Why would you rush your backup back? That doesn't make any sense. The Rams beat the Texans here 38-20. Yeah, go ahead. NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. Uh, if sports books are not available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Just bet $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If if they win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook. For details, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, on to the Rams beating the Texans, 38-22. Game was not that close. Rams kind of pulled their starters here in the second half, and, and the Texans were able to get a lot of garbage time points here. Uh, how do we feel about Van Jefferson and Tyler Higby, though, Matt? Uh, do we trust either to start? You know, I think I'm still starting Woods and Cup, but when it comes to Higby and Van Jefferson, I think both are going to make contributions, and at times they might have good games, but I don't really – trust either reliably i don't think higby is a reliable top 12 option yeah I, they're bye week guys for me you know if you have to play them you do but if you have a better option you're putting that person in yeah 100 percent agree tyler higby will be outside my top 12 at tight end this week which means he will absolutely go off on the Texans side here uh you know they announced david johnson as the starter dennis uh but he was kind of barely involved here what do you think that means for the texans backfield means that they didn't run the ball much, that they, they were behind early. I mean, nobody really ran the ball much, right? What was it? Uh, well, they had 14 carries, and he only got two of them. Right. But he's but he's their passing down back to begin with. So uh, it, they went from being a four-headed monster with uh, Johnson, Lindsey, uh, Ingram, and Burkhead to a four-headed monster with Johnson – uh, Lindsey Burkhead and Scotty Phillips. Yeah, and I didn't see anywhere where it said David Johnson got injured, but to only have two carries and one target, he was the third most targeted running back on his team, and he was, I think you just said, fourth or fifth in carries. 
it's very confusing, but everything about the Texans offense is confusing. I mean, I think it was yeah. just take, taking what was being given to him, you know. Well, the defense didn't. Scotty Phillips. The defense didn't have to game plan for David Johnson. I mean, when he's in there, you know he's in the running or passing game out of the backfield. He's going to be one of their priorities. So you take him away. But, yeah. I mean, it's still a hot mess. Yeah. David Culley took him away. I'm I'm curious if they might trade him. I'm 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 very curious if if Scotty Phillips, the reason he was getting used so much, is he might be the guy we're about to see a whole lot of moving forward. But I could be wrong on that. Why, why did they sign Philip Lindsay? Uh, I mean, why does Philip Lindsay's gotten screwed in both places that he's been? Let's just be honest here. Unfortunately. Speaking of where he was screwed last time, Matt, your Broncos hold on to beat the Washington football team, even though they tried very hard that last minute to give the game to Washington. Uh, what uh, Albert O is back. Uh, Fant has not really been a factor. Is he still a tight end one? Yeah, and if you listen to Fangio's press conference, he didn't try to give the game away. It was all Pat Shermer and Teddy Bridgewater who decided that they were going to screw him over personally. I mean, that if that isn't leadership, stepping up and taking the hard questions, I don't know what is. Fire Fangio, why the fuck is he still employed? Fire George Patton, why the fuck is he still employed? Uh, I will miss you, Von Miller. I hope you enjoy Los Angeles. I hope you get another ring. You deserved much better than the shit show we gave you. Noah Fant looks like the second best tight end on his own team. So uh, make of that what you will. I am beginning to think that there are no Broncos that are reliably playable. Come on. My Cortland Sutton shares need him to be reliably playable. I mean, he and Judy, they... I think Fangio's comments about Judy, he would be on the field, were about summed up his contribution to the game. They were, they were. It'll be all right. I mean, some some years are just like that. I mean, could be worse. You could be a Lions fan. That's true. Sorry yeah. for you. I mean, at least they've got a bunch of picks moving forward, right? They, they've got a shot to rebuild. But our teams are a combined 8-16. and 16. Go football. Yeah, I know. Uh, my fantasy teams are looking about that good, too, as well right now. So uh, I've got a big one in the Scott Fishbowl, so I'll take that. Uh, anyways, uh, Albert, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see. I'm not giving up on Fant yet, but uh, it has not been pretty there in Denver. But I'll be, let's be honest. We kind of said that, Me, Matt. Neither one of us believe Teddy Bridgewater is going to be able to do much for this team, and, and, and he really hasn't. He hasn't been horrible, I mean, but, he, but he sure hasn't pushed him over the top. On the list of problems they have, though, he, he'd be between 10 and 12. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Dennis, what do we trust, if anything, from this Washington offense? I mean, I guess McLaurin, you know, but, I mean, at least McLaurin is not getting – at least he's not Allen Robinson. I don't know. Uh, I mean, Ricky Seals-Jones is is occasionally, you know, there. I mean, maybe Jarrett Patterson, that might be the guy you want in the backfield now. I don't know. They, it, it was crazy all of a sudden, you know, they take Gibson off the injury report and then give the carries to Patterson. And McKissick. Oh, I don't know, man. I'm sort of leaning toward McKissick being back to being a flex-worthy play every week because he's getting involved as a rusher and a receiver. It looks like we're not going to get Ryan Fitzpatrick back. 
you know, I'm leaning toward him not coming back. So this is the offense that we've got. I wish Terry McLaurin had better. Yeah, I'm with you on that for for McLaurin. I'll be interested to see if we hear anything after the bye week. There was some talk that he might come back after their bye week, which I believe is this week. So there's a yes, shot that is. Ryan Fitzpatrick may come back week 10, and if he does, I think that's wheels up for McLaurin. You know, we still haven't heard anything last that I've seen on Logan Thomas. May, maybe Fitzpatrick, just with, with how good he can be, can change this offense, but I'm with you. Even McLaurin, I think you've got to downgrade your expect expectations on him. He's he's not even been getting you double digit points the past couple weeks. It's just it's been rough for for this Washington team, unfortunately. The Seahawks just drub the Jaguars here, thirty one two seven. Matt James Robinson gets hurt. Is there anyone on the Jaguars you feel safe starting while he is out? No, but if pressed, I might flex Jamal Agnew. Actually, I I think. Agnew is a comfortable flex. He's the Khalif Raymond of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, that's not necessarily <laughs> a bad thing to be. I mean, is- I, I'm still on Marvin Jones. You know, Jones is the receiver you want there. But Ray, but uh, Raymond, Agnew is getting a lot of traffic, um, you know, if not a lot of yardage. Dennis, the Seahawks receiver showed up in a big way. Can this team turn it around before Russell Wilson comes back? You know, I, Gino's playing serviceably. Uh, you know, he he never has been a quarterback that's going to carry you. I, I think the biggest issue the Seahawks have is they need to get a consistent running game without Chris Carson. I know they're talking Carson might be back in a week or two, but uh, if you're having issues with your neck and your spine, I, you know, at some point, man, you just got to say, I think I'm gonna, I, I, I think I'm gonna mind my my mentals and my chickens and uh, my health, and you know, go do something else. Uh, and I think, you know, there are a lot of people I see that are really frustrated with Pete Carroll, and that may be the bigger issue for the Seahawks, uh, is. Carroll and his play calling, uh, his putting his thumb on the offense, not letting the offense open up a little bit, even with Geno Smith. You know, but their receivers, Lockett and Metcalf and Freddie Swain are all good receivers. So, yeah, and so the the optimistic range for Russell Wilson was as soon as four weeks. Amazingly, after they have a huge signature win, he announced on um, social media today that the pin was out and his finger was feeling good or something like that. They're on a bye this week. They come out of the bye at the Packers, home to the Cardinals. To me, those are going to be the make-or-break games for a 3-5 and five team looking to be in the playoff mix. I wonder if Russ is pushing to get back for that, and if he does, we'll see. If you roll with Geno, I don't see them winning in Green Bay, and that puts a ton of pressure on that Arizona game. Yeah, I'll be I'll be curious to see when he comes. But I, I didn't have him making it the playoffs with a healthy Russell Wilson. I don't know that that changes when he comes back. Uh, the Patriots beat the Chargers twenty-seven to twenty-four. Dennis, the Patriots get a signature win. The team is now four and four. Can we comfortably say they're in the playoff mix? I don't know. It depends on how comfortable you need to be. Uh, I mean, at four and four with, you know, 19 games left to go in the season, there's still a lot of time. Uh, Belichick, it, you know, I guess I'm a pro. The, I look at the Patriots like, like I look at a lot of my fantasy teams. 
you just have to get in the door. When you get in the door, anything can happen. <clears throat> so many teams out there right now were cruising, um, and then they lost Derrick Henry. So you, you have to make some decisions about how you're going to approach the team. I, Bill Belichick is playing to win close games, and he's starting to do that. Mac Jones is playing well. Belichick is playing running back roulette, sitting sometimes, starting sometimes. You're either, you know, if you if you're active, you're gonna play. If you're if he doesn't plan to use you, he's just making you inactive as a running back. Um, they could use some consistency at the wide receiver still, but overall, yeah, are they in? You know, they're better than the Jets and they're better than the Dolphins, so they got a shot. Yeah, I think they are firmly back in the playoff mix. That defense is playing a lot better. The offense seems to be rounding into shape. That week one loss to Miami looks more like an aberration by the week. And they played very tough NFC teams, very close. Getting that win yesterday, I think, is big. Um, you just need a little bit of luck. I think a low-tier AFC playoff team could be in that 9-8 and eight range or 10-7. and seven. Yeah, I mean, really, the AFC is compacted all between within a couple games of each other. It's a really tough conference, but they're, everybody is within a game or two. Uh, I think that they are comfortably in it right now, especially with the way Mac Jones has been playing. Talked a little bit about it last week. He's, he's actually been the best rookie quarterback for, for what you want to say about when and where he got drafted. Matt, another tough game here for Justin Herbert. Uh, should we be concerned? I'm a little more concerned now. You know, you could maybe shrug off one uh, tough game, but we we've seen him now against the against three different teams. You know, the Cowboys, the Ravens, and um, yesterday against the Patriots, kind of struggled, struggled to get that offense moving. Uh, struggle. You know, it seems like when Herbert's not on fire they can't win a game. And that's that's a little bit concerning. He seems to have hit a bit of a sophomore slump. It's a bummer. They went through a bye week, came out, and had that kind of a performance. And, you know, now they're kind of back in that soft middle in the AFC. Yeah, well, as teams get film on players, on quarterbacks, you know, Herbert took the league by storm last year. Um, teams have started to plan for him. And now he's the one who's got to make the adjustment. And he's got a new offensive scheme, new offensive coordinator, new head coach. So there is a little bit, I guess, a little slump is to be expected. He'll be fine, though. Yeah, I think he'll be fine long term. And I'm not necessarily worried about him this season. Uh, obviously, tough game for him against the Ravens. Some of that though, I, I don't think was all on him with Brandon Staley going for it on fourth down on like their own 20 yard line multiple times. Uh, and then obviously the Cowboys game. I mean, let's just be honest. We're going to talk about the Cowboys here in a little bit. They are one of the best teams, not just in the NFC in the NFL altogether. So, and I still think he played fairly well on that game. Patriots. He struggled with them last year. Um, you know, he gets the Eagles, Vikings, Steelers, Broncos, Bengals, Giants, Chiefs, Texans, Broncos Raiders over the rest of the season. That's a lot of favorable matches. At least two losses to the Broncos. I mean, let's let's pump the brakes on that one. But I, I think he's got a pretty favorable schedule moving forward. I think he's going to be just fine. Tough games, but uh, he'll figure it out. The Saints beat the Buccaneers thirty-six to twenty-seven. Matt Tom Brady is zero and three versus New Orleans in the regular season. Are they his kryptonite? 
I mean, it really seems that way. I think defensively they match up and they do the things that do, that caused Brady some issues, including forcing turnovers. It was quite a roller coaster of emotion for me in the Scott Fishbowl because it looked like I was going to win, and then Brady hit Cyril Grayson for a 50-yard touchdown. It looked like I was going to lose, and then he threw a pick six, and I won. So I was like a Saints fan there, just riding the roller coaster. You know, the the, the Saints defense has – players at key positions that are just exceptional. Cameron Jordan is an exceptional defensive lineman. Marcus Lattimore is an exceptional cornerback. Uh, It's a situation where Sean Payton is, I don't don't want to say he's as good a defensive coach as he is offensive coach, but he lets his defensive coaches work their plan. He supports them. He helps put that team in a, a position. I mean, they overcut came losing Jameis Winston fairly early in the game. I mean, Trevor Simeon threw 29 passes. And while he didn't have a ton of yardage uh, or a lot of completions, he was able to work on getting, uh, keep the ball, not turn the ball over. Uh, I think he didn't have an interception. So Overall, I think it's a division rivalry. You see them a lot. The games mean more to both sides. Um, and so the, the Saints always get elevated for that. They're always up. Yeah, with, with Jameis Winston now being out for the rest of the season, unfortunately, what, what does this do for the Saints offense, Matt? I'm excited to see Taysom Hill. Um, hopefully he can bounce back that. from that concussion. Well, we're going to get a chance to see if he is actually could be an NFL quarterback because they're in a situation where they have a good shot at making the playoffs, but they have to have a good strong back end of the season. And there's no breeze coming out of the corner. I also, you know, I always thought Trevor Simeon got a, a little – more blame than he deserved for what happened in Denver. He's serviceable. There's been talk about them trying to make a trade, but I, I kind of hope we get to see Taysom Hill and I'd like to see what happens. Yeah. I, I think Taysom Hill is what Taysom Hill is. And a winner. I'd rather start Trevor Simeon. Hey, I mean, but with, with, with those two mixed together, that still might be a very good offense. You, you never know. Cause I agree. I, I hated when Trevor Simeon suffered that really bad leg injury for the jets uh, on the miles Garrett tackle. I think that was last year, two years ago. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, Simeon, I, I think could be at least decent for that offense. The Cowboys beat the Vikings on Sunday night football, 22, 16 Cooper rush comes in and leads the comeback. Matt, where did the Cowboys rank for you in the NFC? You know, I think for me, uh, as much as it pains me, I still have Green Bay as number one right now. I really liked what they did. I think you can't discount the Rams and the Cardinals and then the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. There are five teams up there. Um, you know, the, I love what the Cowboys are doing, but they've still got to – I think they need a couple more big signature wins against competitive teams uh, to cement their place in the NFC. Yeah, the Cowboys, I I agree with Matt. The Cowboys are playing good, but they're not playing great. They're winning games they should. Um, Well, there are some pundits out there that are like, oh, we told you Zeke wasn't washed, and others who are like, well, he only had a 3.1 YPA. You know, there's – 
depending on which set of stats you use, Zeke is either having a great year or an awful year. Uh, I think as a whole, the offense is playing well. Uh, they've got a lot of good weapons. And Cooper Rush came in and did what a backup is supposed to do. Uh, I don't think anybody is looking at Cooper Rush as, as somebody that's going to push Dak for playing time or something. He's, he's likely a career backup. He's, he's Chase Daniels. So. Yeah, I think it's just great that they could rely on him to get a game to allow – Dak to get at least one more week before he comes back and is healthy. On the Vikings side of things, they come up short here. Uh, do we think? Well, I'll ask you two because I I did not. I had them winning like three games this year. Can can they be a factor in the playoffs for the NFC? Then, as much as anybody can, I suppose. I mean, Kirk Kirk Cousins gets that offense running really really well. You know, they with Thielen and Jefferson and Cook. There are times that offense clicks like nobody's business, and it doesn't matter what the defense is doing. There are other times when, you know, he shits himself. I I think we're about to see them play themselves out of the race. The next three weeks for them are at the Ravens, at the Chargers, home for the Packers. I believe they go 0-3 there, and then they're looking up at 3-7. and And The real question is, will they they fire Mike Zimmer after all of that? But that can be something we discuss later in the year. All right, let's get these waiver targets uh, gone through really quick again. This is all roster percentages courtesy of Fantasy Pros. Bye weeks this week, Detroit Lions, Seattle Seahawks, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Washington football team. At quarterback, you've got Taysom Hill at 1.5%, Mike White at 0.8%, and Trevor Simeon not available as in like he is 0.0% uh, rostered anywhere. Matt, how are you ranking these quarterbacks and how are you attacking them in uh, free agency? Uh, for me, it's Hill, Mike White, and then Simeon. I honestly think Hill is the one that's going to get the get the shot. Um, and then I like White, but I, I, I know you make jokes, but I think at some point they're going back to Zappos. I, I, I agree with Matt on the ranking. I think that Sean Payton Jr. is going to get the shot in New Orleans. Uh, I like what Mike White's doing, but I agree they're going to give they're going to give uh, Zach Wilson his job back. I'm so curious why everybody is fascinated with the backup for the New York Jets. You grab Mike White, he's the starter. No, I'm just kidding. I, I keep it in the same order. I might even put Simeon over White because I agree. Wilson, they said at the time, was probably four to six weeks. So at best, realistically, you're looking at at best maybe one more week of Mike White because if he does not play good this week, they might go to Joe Flacco. So at least Trevor Simeon, I think, is going to be in a 50-50 time split with Taysom Hill. So you might as well try and grab one of those Saints quarterbacks because I think unless they bring in Cam Newton, which was rumored today that they are looking at him and talking to him, if that happens, who knows what's going to happen at quarterback there. Running backs, Mark Ingram is at 31.1%. Boston Scott, 11.8%. Carlos Hyde, 6.4%. Jeremy McNichols, 1.5%. I imagine Adrian Peterson and I mentioned Makai Sargent are both 0.0%. Matt, how would you rank these running backs? I'm probably taking Ingram uh, first because I think they traded for him for a reason. He's going to have a sustained role all season. And then, you know, I really would like more information about Robinson's injury. They made it sound like it could be long-term yesterday, but I haven't heard any follow-up today. If that was the case, I probably would go for Hyde because we've seen him do very well as a fill-in, as being the guy before. And then Scott, and then – Honestly, between McNichols, Sargent, and Peterson, 
I'd be fine going for any of them, but I'm not making any of them a priority because I have to see how that rotation shakes out. And I honestly don't think anybody's giving you big numbers. Well, we've seen Jeremy McNichols lead the team in targets and receptions already once this year. Adrian Peterson coming in is not going to do anything to dissuade the team from throwing the ball to Jeremy McNichols. So I, I think Peterson – if he's getting 20 carries, I think the team is giving up. Uh, so I feel like you're looking at McNichols in a J.D. McKissick type of role. So for me, I want McNichols. If Robinson is going to be out, then then I want Hyde as well. But McNichols, Boston Scott, I feel like should be owned because he's already had that, that role um, as the second guy uh, a lot of times. So – you know, I don't know. I, Ingram, I think if you want, if, if you're looking to, if you need three to five points a week, Mark Ingram is your guy. Yeah, I, I'd probably put Boston Scott, Carlos Hyde, McNichols, and then Ingram. I, just, I don't know that he's going to get much with the Saints. I still think it's going to be Kamara. Even if he gets some run here and there, I think if they don't, if they get Cam Hill, Cam Hill, Cam Newton or Taysom Hill are going to take some of those carries, especially in the goal line away Same from thing. Mark Ingram. Yeah. Guy that can run and can't throw. I think they take some of those carries away from Ingram at the goal line, which then kind of limits what he can do for fantasy even more. So I'm really not the soul of him. And again, uh, you met, uh, Dennis mentioned adding like a $1 bid for Peterson. I would do the same thing for Sargent if you have room. I, I really do think he could be something. Uh, wide receivers, Russell Gage at 13.6%. Van Jefferson at 10.1%. Traquan Smith at 23 Jamal Agnew at one8 And Tyler Johnson at one2 Matt, how you rank in the wide receivers? I think I'm taking Agnew first, and then Traquan Smith, then Russell Gage then Van Jefferson, then Tyler Johnson. I love Tyler Johnson in Dynasty, but I think he had a big week this week because Antonio Brown was out. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that uh, Agnew is the guy you want out of this group. Traquan, it was, you know, he was uh, Jameis's guy. I think if Jameis didn't get hurt, Traquan would be the guy, but he got hurt, so... Who knows what's going to happen with the second and third wide receivers in Atlanta. They may not be worth the squat. Yep. Crazy season that we're talking about adding Jamal Agnew as a top waiver wire ad by week nine. <laughs> what a year it has been. Last but not least, the tight ends. Pat Fryermuth at 8.1. Dan Arnold at 3.8. Mercedes Lewis at 2%. And Josiah Degara at 0.1. Yeah, so for me, it would be Fryermuth first, then Arnold, then Josiah DeGuara, and then Mercedes Lewis, because I think Lewis is mostly just going to be a red zone target. Yeah, it's it's tough with uh, DeGuara and, and Lewis, because Lewis is a red zone target. So would you rather have, you know, three catches for 30 yards or two catches for 10 yards and two touchdowns? I think so. uh, Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones exist, so. yeah. I'm going to take the three for 30 other than the phantom touchdown. All right. So that will do it for us today. We'll be back. Matt and myself will be back on Wednesday to recap the Monday night football game between the giants and the chiefs. We will talk about our rankings. Any other news that drops, probably the trade deadline will be a major part of the show Wednesday. If a lot of players get traded and then we will preview the Thursday night football. So game. it so won't be a major part of the show. That's what you're saying. <laughs> 
Who knows? There's, there's a lot of talk. We'll see. Uh, until then, then we will see you guys on Thursday. Enjoy the Monday Night Football game. We will talk to you guys again soon. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the room out already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play?